What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, July 26th. Man, I hope all you guys are doing well out there. Hopefully, all you guys are staying safe out there wherever you are at on the globe. Of course, we are still in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, man. So please wash your hands as much as possible to make sure that the virus is not getting on your hands or your face. Please go outside if you have any type of sunlight. Go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. And just try and work out and exercise daily. Try and strengthen your immune system and I promise you, you will lower your chances of contracting COVID-19, man. But again, hopefully all you guys are feeling well out there. I'm sending my love to all you guys. Keep going. I want to say this real quickly too. Leave your past in the past. Most of us come from some BS situations. We grew up in some BS. Leave it in the past. You are going to be heading in to much better things. The future awaits you. Your past is your past. Let it go. If you did some bad things, you made some mistakes, let it go. You learn from it, move on, evolve, upgrade, and just continue to ascend. Just try and get better each and every single day. That should be your main goal, man. But man, it's been a minute since I talked to you guys. I want to say congratulations to Team Final. If you don't know who that is, they are a Nike EYBL team. If you don't know what the EYBL team, it is Nike's AAU circuit. Um, just wrapped up on Sunday. Um, for the past couple of weeks, they were in North Augusta, South Carolina, where the Peace Jam is held at every year, except for last year because of coronavirus. But Team Final came out on top. Jalen Duran's one of the top five players in the country. He had a big time performance, just as well as Derek Lively and the rest of that crew. That team is really, really stacked. They beat a really talented Bradley Bill Elite team that I would enjoy watching man between Brandon Miller who from Tennessee and Nick Smith Jr. If you have not heard of Nick Smith Jr., he is the next big time player out of Arkansas. Of course Arkansas has had players like Malik Monk, Bobby Portis who we'll talk about in a minute, Moses Moody's about to get drafted this upcoming week, but Nick Smith Jr. is next up. I just seen he earned himself a Kentucky offer. That dude is big time man but again i just hope all you guys are feeling good out there just try and get better each and every single day i cannot stress that enough it, i know it sounds cliche and corny but it means a lot i promise you every day is a journey every day is a battle every day is a new test to get better you can do it you will win you will succeed you will get whatever you want in this lifetime man but let's go back to last week i can't remember if it was last tuesday or wednesday forgive me but last week the 2020-2021 NBA season officially wrapped up. We crowned a champion. The Milwaukee Bucks won their first championship in, in 50 years. Since 1971, back when Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Oscar Robertson, a.k.a. The Big O won, way, way back, way ahead of my time. Again, way back in 1971. This was a great series. It was in six games. Um, game six was in Milwaukee. And this dude, Giannis, man, he finished with 50 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks. And the most shocking stat of the night was that he shot 17 of 19 from the free throw line. Again, this series was super entertaining. Of course, the Suns won the first two games in Phoenix. And then the next four games, the Bucks all won. Of course, Game 3 and Game 4, both in Milwaukee. Game 5 was a great game in Phoenix. And then they closed out the series on their home court in Game 6, man. And I just want to give a lot of credit to Giannis and this entire team. We're going to give them a lot of congrats. Um, but starting with Giannis, though, because I've been talking about Giannis for a very long time. I always knew he was a great player, and we're going to talk about his resume in a second. But to see him stay the course, you know, stay with the team that drafted him way back in, I believe, 2013, 
He's already one of the greatest players in that franchise's history. And to see what he did in this game was spectacular. He rose to the opportunity. He ascended at the perfect time when his team needed him to do so. Of course, Chris Middleton hit the big shot to close it out. But what Giannis did was spectacular. I really enjoy watching him do this. And I just cannot give him enough credit. So at 26, because he's 26 right now. And for me, I consider 26 when a player enters their prime. So he's just entering his prime. And this is his resume. Right now, he has two MVPs. He's been on the All-NBA First Team three different times. He has a Defensive Player of the Year award. He's been on the All-Defensive First Team three different times. He has an All-Star Game MVP. He has five All-Stars. He has a Most Improved uh, Player of the Year award. And now you can add Champion and Finals MVP to his resume. I haven't done my research, but I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that Giannis probably has the most accomplished re uh, resume as a 26-year-old of any all NBA great of all time of any individual great NBA player of all time at 26 years old Giannis probably has the most accomplished resume and just to see him do it with the team that drafted him the, te the team that took a chance on him the team that bet on him it's fun to see you just watch his growth going all the way back to because I remember watching him in 2015 in the playoffs too he was skinnier um, he had a better jump shot but nonetheless like he's perfected his craft he's not a shooter like that even though he'll, he'll hit a three here and there but just his willingness to never give up, to continually attack the basket, to attack the glass. Just what they were doing was insane. Like, I noticed the Suns just had no answers for him. And I'm not going to lie. Like, when I previewed the finals, I thought that the Suns had the personnel to kind of slow him down. Not necessarily lock him up or shut him down, but just to slow him down a little bit. And that came out to be false. They had zero answers for him. They tried to throw DeAndre Ayton on him. They tried to build the wall. That couldn't stop him. It just did not work. And I want to talk about the X Factor for the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's Drew Holiday. Because if you go back the past couple years when the Bucks had the number one record in the entire NBA going back to 2019, when they lost to the Toronto Raptors, I believe in six games, and then last year against the Miami Heat, where they lost in five games, if you noticed, the reason that they didn't live up to those expectations in the postseason compared to what they did in the regular season is because they didn't have that calming point guard factor. Because of course they lost Malcolm Brogdon a few years ago, and nothing against Eric Bledsoe, but Eric Bledsoe was the one that, uh, against the Celtics, Scary Terry was born. Terry Rozier was killing Eric Bledsoe. And so it takes a lot of pressure off not only Giannis, but Chris Middleton as well. When you have a point guard that you can rely upon to make plays, to defend at a high level the way that Drew does, to shoot the right shots, to get the ball where it needs to be, Drew does all the little things that you want your point guard to be able to do if you're a coach. And that just changes everything. And I remember when I talked about um, the trade between the Pelicans and the Bucks last year in the offseason, that this is the right trade that could help the Bucks get over the hump and get them that illustrious NBA title that they've been missing for 50 years. But I said as well that if the Bucks want to get that with Drew, that it's all going to come down to can Giannis take them to the promised land. And he did that. And that's why I give him a lot of credit. But Drew deserves his flowers too, man, because not only was he creating hell on the defensive end for Chris Paul, but also Devin Booker. He was slowing down both those guys and just putting in work and just killing on the offensive end as well. And he was just incredible. And now I'm going to go to Chris Middleton too because he's another guy that I've discredited a lot and I got to apologize. I'm going to eat my words on this episode. I got to be honest with you guys because I was wrong. You know, I wasn't necessarily wrong, but it's time for me to give these guys their just due because they always had the right pieces but they were missing an important piece and that's the point guard but sticking with Chris Middleton because this dude 
I know how good he is, but the thing that always bothered me about Chris Middleton was that every time teams would stop Giannis in the playoffs like the Raptors and the Heat, automatically all the pressure falls on the shoulders of Chris Middleton to either get a bucket or play make for the rest of his teammates. But now with Drew, the only thing that he has to worry about is getting buckets and then playing defense. That's the only thing. Instead, without Drew, when they only had Eric Bledsoe, he had to worry about, again, scoring, playmaking for everybody else, and defending. And that's just too much on a single player's plate to handle. And so when you get that point guard, it takes that pressure off of him. But now, you look at this entire run, not even just the finals, because of course he hit the biggest shot in game six to propel the Bucks to the championship. But game one against Miami in the first round, in overtime, he hit the game winner over Duncan Robinson to win that game. Then you go to the next round against the Brooklyn Nets. He hit some big time shots in game seven to beat the Nets and move on. And then people forget already Giannis hyperextended his knee, I think, in like one of the early games in that series, like game four or something like that. And then in game six to close out the series, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were going ballistic. And Chris Middleton put the Hawks away and then elevated them to the finals and they get Giannis back. And of course, you look at game six, they, they run that handoff between Giannis and Chris Middleton. He rises and fires right over Devin Booker and drains the shot. And that's pretty much the shot that ends it and gets the Bucks their first championship since 1971, which just sounds crazy because that's way, way before I was ever even born or even thought of at that point. But even then, I also want to give a lot of credit to the Milwaukee Bucks role players because I always say this, but basketball is a team game. And you just had a lot of different dudes step up to the occasion and help the Bucks win this title. First of all, Bobby Portis. If you didn't get a chance to watch that game six, Bobby Portis had a big time influence and impact on that game because his energy is contagious. And I know that sounds cliche and corny, but that is the truth. The energy he brings, he gives the team a new life, a different type of enigma, a different type of swag. He has some big time shots. He rebounded the hell of the ball. He made a couple big time defensive plays and he just did everything that his team asked him for. And he he did what he had to do. Another guy, Pat Connaughton. The unsung hero of this team because, you know, Dante DiVincenzo gets hurt in that first round against Miami. And all of a sudden, Pat Conton's role gets a little bigger with the absence of Dante DiVincenzo. And so he hits some timely shots. He rebounds the ball. He's always been a sturdy defender. And he did what he had to do. Another guy, Brooke Lopez, who always seems to be the brunt of every single joke that goes the Bucks' way. Brooke Lopez did his job to a T. Like, he was pretty good on defense. He did a really good job of containing DeAndre Ayton. He always hits those corner threes whenever he gets the ball there. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty solid playmaker, but just all these guys did what they had to do, man. P.J. Tucker's another one. This dude was unhappy in a situation in Houston. They trade him to the Bucks. He gets there midseason, and all of a sudden, he takes them from an elite defensive group to one of the best defensive teams that I've ever watched in my life. Because that's another thing, too. Like, a lot of credit to John Horst. This team was built greatly when it comes to the defensive end. But between Drew, Giannis, Chris Middleton, P.J. Tucker, Brooke Lopez, Pat Conton, all these guys are above-average defensive players. And when you have that, you automatically have a real shot at winning any series that you step into so I just want to say that defense still wins championships you look at last year the Lakers won it their defense helped them win that championship defense still does matter I know it's an offensive minded league you know the refs cater to the offensive players way more than they cater to the defensive players but defense still wins championships and I don't even want to forget Dante DiVincenzo because yes 
He did get hurt in the first round, and then he missed the rest of the playoffs, but he was still a good piece for them. He was one of their better defensive players as well. He has timely shots as well. He's a dude that off the dribble can get his own shot, so I don't even want to forget him. He's a champion. I remember watching him at Villanova kill in that national championship game back in 2018 against Michigan, and this run for them was just special, and I cannot forget, lastly but certainly not least, my only guy, my Spartan dog, former Michigan State Spartan, Bryn Forbes, is a champion, man. Going from Cleveland State to then Michigan State to the NBA where he gets drafted. I think un- he might have been drafted or undrafted. I can't even remember, but he played for the Spurs for a few years. He makes it, and now he's in Milwaukee, and he's a champion. And so I love this for him. And, man, it was just fun to watch because we all know Milwaukee's a small market team. And... You know, small market teams don't really get the same advantages and luxuries that bigger market franchises do, like the Lakers or Miami or different, uh, you know, organizations like that. But Giannis stayed the course. Giannis could have went anywhere. He was going to be a free agent, what, this year had he not signed that Supermax extension? And it was everybody telling him to leave, you know, to join Toronto or go to Golden State, go to Miami, go to Dallas and help out Luka. I, I was saying, like, he should just stay. Like, I just think it works out best for them if he just stays because look at it now. Like, I wasn't even saying that because I thought they had a chance to win a championship. I just thought, like, Milwaukee's the best place for him. He's a he's a dude that's not from the United States, and he's in a franchise that's small that hasn't had a lot of success in the, you know, recent past. And now look at him. He's got them a championship, and I hope all their fans across the globe celebrate this for a very long time because this was special. Like, seeing Giannis cry after they won it was special. Seeing him hug Chris Middleton after all the things that they've been through, all the playoff failures, you know, getting to this point. And I can't even leave out Mike Budenholzer because that's a dude, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I do not like that guy. Not even just him as a human being. I don't care about him as a human being like that. But just as a coach, I'm not a big fan of his. But what he did was he made the right adjustments finally, especially in the NBA Finals. And he kept his job. And he's going to get an extension. Good for him. He made all the right moves in the NBA Finals that he needed to do. He realized that his team was a better team. And he, he it seems like he put that confidence into him. And they just ran with it. And so, you know, credit to them, man. This was a special run, again, going from sweeping Miami, the same team that beat you last year in the bubble, to then beating a tough Brooklyn Nets team who, of course, was banged up, but they still beat them in seven games, to beating a feisty Atlanta Hawks team that's young, but that was still a really good team nonetheless. They beat them in six games. And then they beat a Phoenix team who was also really good in six games. And so credit to the Bucks, credit to the entire organization, all the fans, Again, I hope you guys enjoy this for a very long time. But speaking of the Phoenix Suns real briefly, because it could get interesting when it comes to them. Um, I don't think Chris Paul is going to leave. But I want to say that this is only the beginning for Devin Booker. Devin Booker had a great playoff run. He is only 24 years young. It feels like he's been in the league for a decade plus. But Devin Booker is only 24. Think about that. He's not even in his prime right now. And he looks like a special dude. He was getting... I'm not even going to say he's the next Kobe Bryant because I just think that's unfair to Kobe because Kobe is one of one, rest in peace. But he was getting Kobe Bryant-type buckets at all levels of this playoff run. So I got to give D-Book a lot of love. Again, his time is coming. He's going to get plenty more of these opportunities. I know it's hard to come around, but I believe in the talent that is Devin Booker. And I believe he's going to lead that Phoenix Suns organization to a lot more great things than just what he did this past year. And even Chris Paul, man, this is probably Chris Paul's best postseason run of his entire career you look at what he did against the Denver Nuggets of course they didn't have Jamal Murray but just what he did against that team he was cooking them you see what he did against the Lakers you know they just had 
that duo of CP3 and D-Book in their first year, it looked like they've been playing together for at least the past five years by the type of chemistry and camaraderie that they showed. And for the rest of the team, you know, you still got Jay Crowder under contract. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with campaign, but you still got Cam Johnson. You still got Mikael Bridges. You're still going to have DeAndre Aiden, who's going to be up for an extension very soon. So the core of that team is still going to be around. Campaign might be a tough loss. I'm assuming that CP3 is going to come back, even though that could get interesting because I'm not going to lie. If I was Chris Paul, at my age, who I believe he's 36 right now, if I'm not mistaken, forgive me if I am, but he's older. And I'm not going to lie, like, I just don't see with the landscape of the league, you know, you got Klay Thompson coming back to Golden State next year. You know, the Lakers are definitely going to get better from what they were this past year. You know, sadly, Kawhi is going to be out for majority of the next season, so you don't really got to worry about the Clippers. But I just think, like, it's going to be tough. You got Jamal Murray coming back for the Nuggets. Like, I think Phoenix might be the fourth best team in the West next year. So you're not guaranteed a ring. So if I'm Chris Paul, like, I got to uh, I gotta at least call LeBron and see what the Lakers is looking like. I'm not going to lie. I don't really want Chris Paul playing with the Lakers. Cause I think DeMar DeRozan would be a better fit. But I do think Chris Paul will work out as well. But I'm just saying, like, if Chris Paul really wants a ring, his time is running short. And his best opportunity probably is with the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, I'm not rooting for that to happen. I'm not I'm not campaigning for that to happen. I'm just saying, realistically, if I'm Chris Paul, if I put my shoes in Chris Paul's shoes, I think I got to consider going to the Lakers. But that's just me, though. But again, this is just the beginning for Devin Booker. This is just the beginning for that Phoenix Suns organization. I do think one day down the line, they're finally going to get and hoist that NBA championship trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy, to be exact. But Again, man, credit to the Bucks. That was a fantastic series. Giannis is dominant. He's already one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I think right now, I'm not even going to say where he's at, but, you know, he's still going. He's only 26. He's only going to get better, I think. I don't know how much better. I don't think he's going to get that much better, but I do think he still has room for improvement. But, again, man, congrats to the Bucks. That That's a big-time thing for that entire organization, especially Giannis, man. It's just dope to see that, man. So, credit to them. But before I get you guys out of here, I got to talk about Team USA, man, because I have not talked about them at all in the past month and a half since they started playing games. So I think about a month or two ago, they started playing exhibition games and they lost their first game to Nigeria. And then I believe they beat Argentina and then they lost another game, an exhibition game to Australia when Patty Mills just lit them up. And then they started pool play in the actual Olympics in Tokyo on, I believe, Sunday morning. And they lost to France, who had Rudy Gobert and Evan Fournier and Nicholas Batum and a couple other guys from the NBA, and they lost. And I didn't actually get a chance to watch the game because I told myself I was not going to wake up that early to watch the game. But I watched the highlights, and I watched a little bit of the full game recap. And I was just sitting there like, okay, first of all, Coach Popovich does deserve some blame. He, he does. He needs to fix whatever type of offense that they're running. But also, too, like the players deserve some blame, too, because... You have the most talented squad in the Olympics by far when it comes to basketball. Between Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, like that's a squad right there. Like even if you just had those three guys alone and you just added other players around them, just average guys from the United States, you'd still have a chance at winning gold. And I'm looking at it like this, like the first thing that they need to do is adjust their games because this is not the NBA. This is FIBA rules. This is FIBA referees. They do not call the game the same way that the NBA calls their games. This is not a game that caters to the offensive players like it does in the NBA. You're not going to get those weak foul calls when players pump fake a thousand times and draw a foul and get to the free throw line. That's not happening in the Olympics. It's just not going like that. So you need to adjust your thinking. You need to adjust the way that you play. You need to adjust 
everything and kind of just cancel out the way that you play NBA basketball and adjust and look at it like, okay, this is a fresh opportunity to do what we got to do because they are a better team than France. I think they were up like 14 to 16 points and then France just went on a big time run to close out the game and ultimately ended up winning the game. And I'm just looking at it like, it's no way that this should happen, man, because they're just too talented. And I'm always one of those people that says, at the end of the day, you can have all the talent that you want to, but you got to have that chemistry and camaraderie that goes along with the talent. And so Team USA already has the biggest advantage because they have the most talented team in basketball in the Olympics, but you got to get that chemistry right. The chemistry is not right whatsoever right now. And I've seen people talking about why was Bam out of bio in the closing lineup and why was Zach Levine in the closing lineup. Asking why Zach Levine was in the closing lineup is definitely a realistic question because Jason Tatum should definitely be in the closing lineup. But questioning why Bam Adebayo is in the closing lineup and not Draymond Green is crazy because Draymond Green doesn't even look at the rim when he's wide open for shots. As much as I love Draymond, you guys know I'm a big-time Michigan State fan. I'm a diehard Michigan State fan. Draymond is not aggressive. I'd rather have Bam in the game because he's just as good defensively and he's a better playmaker offensively and he stays aggressive. And Bam was one of the best players on the team. It was like him, Dame, Drew Holiday played really well for them too. And it was probably just those three to be honest with you guys. So I'm just like, I don't know. They need to figure it out. This team is way too talented to be blowing leads. They need to just attack in transition, attack any type of opportunity that they can get attack just go you know you don't really have to run plays for a guy like this just play unselfish basketball you know it really i ain't gonna lie they need a point guard just how i was speaking on drew holiday earlier by saying how a point guard is so important and effective they need a dude that can just play make and just get guys good shots and open looks and right now they're just not playing like that it seems like they're kind of playing selfish but if they just play team basketball if they just pass the ball they're gonna get open looks every single time so I'm not too necessarily worried about them because it is only the first game of pool play and they barely lost and they had a lead a big lead at that in the fourth quarter but I think they're going to figure it out they just got to really come together and figure it all out but all in all I'm not too worried about them we'll see what happens I actually don't know when their next game is forgive me for not looking it up but I'm gonna definitely be tuning for that one Shout out to Team USA. I'm definitely running for them, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far, man. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us. Go like our stuff for all your sports news and needs. I promise you guys, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. I'm also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So for all your sports podcasts out there, I promise you guys, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys, man. Again, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast i will talk to you guys soon as always peace and love gone